0: So if you accept that this is not something that your spouse is doing intentionally, but it really comes from a place where they get stuck because they doubt themselves, Um, but yet there are certain projects that need to be done and you're getting frustrated, then pick up the slack, but accept that you're doing that because you're frustrated and don't get annoyed about it.
1: This week, Dr. Karen Sherman discusses procrastination, why we do it, what's holding us back, and then gives me a therapy session. Stay tuned. Hey, can you feel it? The power your veins. We launched the Hitched Wine Club to be a recurring reminder for couples to sit down and have a conversation, sometimes for date night and sometimes because we're all so busy that we forget to connect with each other. Just the anticipation you feel when an email alerts you that your next shipment will be on your doorstep soon provides a boost of excitement. Now, more than ever, we need to have meaningful, thoughtful conversations, and opening one of our wines provides the perfect catalyst and excuse to open up. With the holiday season here, the Hitched Wine Club also makes a great gift. We have a few different levels for all price points. Go to hitchedmag.com and click the Wine Club link on our homepage to learn more. That's hitchedmag.com. Cheers! Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of hitchedmag.com. I am joined once again by the original, the lovely Dr. Karen (laughs) Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hiya, Steve. Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. She is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice. Uh, Karen is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, Make It Last. Uh, And she has her own radio show called Take 5 to Empower Your Relationship on the Sex Talk Radio Network out each Wednesday. Today, we are going to discuss procrastination.
0: I don't know if I'm ready.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I set that one up. Put it on the tee for you. (laughs) Um, I guess the, the, the obvious opening question to this, I think, is why do we procrastinate?
0: Well, it's really because we are afraid of not doing a good enough job. So if we procrastinate, then we don't have to you know, sort of show our stuff, and for many people, um, we can then say that, oh, you know, like pretend that you're back in college, um, and you don't get your paper in on time, and then you get not as good a grade because you were late, and then you can say, well, you know, it was because I was late, as opposed to that I didn't write a good paper, Mm -hmm. so it really serves the purpose of hiding um, this feeling that you had that you're not good enough.
1: So procrastination is uh, an intentional putting off of something that – I mean I'm guessing you would define it differently as somebody who's busy with a lot of things on their plate and they put something off uh, repeatedly. I don't know. I, I guess this is kind of a revelation for me. I've never really thought of procrastination as I don't want to do it because I'm afraid of not doing a good job.
0: Okay. Well, first of all, I'm going to uh, take exception with something you said. It's not intentional. The person doesn't realize that that's what they're doing. Okay. okay. They don't purposely say, well, I'm I'm not going to do this because I don't want anybody to see that I might not be good enough. This is just something that happens and um, – you know once somebody's willing to start exploring why they do this, then that's what comes out um so that's why you may be having trouble wrapping your head around it because you know who would do that you know, or who would purposely uh plan to say, "I'm not going to get something done on time or get a project done on time because I really don't want to show that there's something wrong with me, mm-hmm. but that's really what's underneath it mm-hmm. um and uh you know even somebody, let's say who has trouble with time management, um there may be a little bit of that in there as well. um that may be mixed in with a couple of other things as well. I'm thinking of a particular client that I have that has that issue, but um what what was your understanding of why people would procrastinate? um
1: well, I was kind of thinking like they don't wanna do it. It's like a job or a project or a chore that they they just don't want to do like I think of it from a writer or editor standpoint of like oh, like this is going to be like it's going to be hard but like I that's what I'm saying like the I'm having like a revelation right now because when I dig deep into it and I start being thoughtful about it I think wow maybe it is because I'm just afraid that it it's hard and if it's hard because I'm afraid like I'm afraid I'm not going to do a good job at it. Right. Which right. is what makes exactly. it hard. And if it <laughs> was easy, I'd probably just knock it out. Right. Um, or,
0: or even if it's hard, let me give it a shot and the worst that'll happen is I'll get some constructive criticism or I'll learn how to do it better, but I won't take it as um some kind of a real negative on it's me. It's not a failure, if, yeah. Right, right.
1: Yeah, so I guess I, I guess what I was thinking. I mean, not that I I I don't know. Like I feel like I'm pretty good about not procrastinating, but I guess mm-hmm. there was that piece of me that attributed a lot of procrastination to it's a crappy job or it's um like an undesirable <laughs> thing to do, so I don't want to do it, uh, as opposed to I'm afraid of failure or mm-hmm. I'm afraid of ne- negative feedback. Uh-huh. So therefore I'm going to put it off. But I, but what you mentioned too about time management, I also kind of feel like it's a scapegoaty thing to do to oversaturate yourself with commitments um, because therefore you have that built in excuse of like, well, I was overworked or I didn't have time to do a thorough job, like a good job on it. Um, and so I, you know, you put things off, you turn things in late, you, you skip things. But mm-hmm. again, it all gets back to. Well, you're building in these excuses, so therefore you don't have to address the real issue as to why you're putting it off, and so you're right. you're overscheduling or you're doing right. whatever. So, and
0: and people even who don't take on too many things can still have a time management problem, and and sometimes there's other factors to it as well. Um, it might be a passive aggressive way of. Um, reasserting yourself, hmm. but there, there's there's underlying dynamics, okay, so can I play therapist with you for a minute? Yes, please. Okay. So, when you were saying just now that you always thought that, you know, there was a little element in you of procrastinating on certain topics that you thought were just difficult um, and you didn't want to do them, uh-huh. do you notice any kind of theme or um, thread in the kinds of things that you put off?
1: Yes, it's, uh, writing. (laughs) Okay. Whenever I have to write things, I procrastinate. Um, and I feel like because I recognize good writing Mm -hmm. and like, I'm thinking about this now as we're talking about it. So I recognize good writing or at least what I perceive to be good writing. Mm -hmm. And I and I've mentioned this in the past, I think, I am very competitive, and I am also a bit of a perfectionist. Like, I'm a very laid-back... Listen
0: to what you just said. Yeah, I'm a perfectionist. I'm a bit of a perfectionist. And I'm a laid-back
1: person, but Uh when I do things, I want to dominate things. Uh I want to be the best ever at things. And... Uh, writing is such like a naked endeavor where you can't hide behind what you put on paper. It's, uh-huh. it is, it's out there. Like there's nothing you can do or say about it. That's going to retract what people read. Uh, huh. Uh, and I think that might be part of it. It's like, I'm afraid to put out something that people don't exactly. like. And I don't even know. No, I, I guess that is it. Like honestly, like I'm, I'm thinking that is it because it is hard. It's, it like I said, it's. I feel like I do a pretty good job writing. Like I feel like I'm a, I'm a pretty good writer. Uh uh-huh. um, But it's one of those things that I have to work at. Where a lot of things in life for me, I don't have to work that hard. Uh huh. And we've talked about this in the past too, where I feel like sometimes if something's not hard, I feel like I'm cheating. Uh huh. But right. I've invested time in doing all these other things. Uh-huh. But whereas writing, it doesn't matter – it's kind of like golf. Uh, let me bring this into a sports analogy where I'm comfortable. Like it doesn't matter like how many times I've golfed and, and f- for the, like everybody, even the pros, like Tiger Woods struggles right now. He was the greatest mm-hmm. golfer in the world at one point and he still struggles to this day of getting the ball in the hole. Right. Mm-hmm, and every right. golfer does. And I feel like that's the same way with me when writing, not to mention golf, but me with writing is it doesn't matter how much I write, how many articles I've published, uh, et cetera, et cetera. It is always difficult to get the ball in the hole.
0: Okay. But I want to point out some words I heard. Okay. You said you were a perfectionist, mm-hmm. which means that there's always a question you're, in your mind of whether what you're writing is good enough.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. if you're a perfectionist, it's it's kind of hard to write a perfect piece. Mm-hmm. And you said that what you put out there, it like you're naked. You can't hide behind anything. Mm-hmm. So that's a great formula for procrastinating because, you know, y- y- you're putting yourself out there. You're vulnerable. And um you know, if you're not you know sure that what you're going to put out there is going to be perfect, then you would be hesitant in um, getting it out in a timely fashion because you are concerned about how it's going to be received. Um, you know, are you successful in writing a good enough article or a good enough piece, whatever it is? Mm-hmm. So, so there it is. I mean, just in your talking, you're demonstrating exactly what my explanation is as to why people procrastinate.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, this is a revelation for me. I mean, I am a person who, even when I won, I was miserable because I knew I could do better. Like, Mm. that was me. Uh, Mm It still is me. If I think I could have done better, it doesn't matter what the outcome is. Mm -hmm. Uh, So even when I think I write something good, if I feel like I could have done it better, Mm-hmm. I come down like I've I've been able to let myself off the hook more as I've gotten older. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, I <laughs> this is fantastic, uh, but I'm sure people are tired of listening to my therapy session. So uh, let, I want to move on uh, okay. and see if we can help some other people out here. Um, and if you feel like you need to <laughs> give me more information, we can do this after the podcast. OK, Um Okay, so if you feel like your spouse is somebody like me who procrastinates uh, and is a perpetual procrastinator and it's affecting your marriage, how should you approach your spouse who might be this perpetual procrastinator?
0: Well, I think if you understand that what's behind it is the person feeling like you know they're not good enough – if you address that and say you know sweetie I really think that this is great and I think what you're doing is gonna be fine um, and you know I'm happy with what you're doing I think it may help ease it for them notice I said help ease it mm-hmm. this is not something that is gonna just go away overnight but I think that you know again by offering support to your spouse and giving the support where Um, the support is needed. In other words, not addressing um, you know, well why aren't you getting this project done? This project really needs to get done. Um, There's a deadline on this project, whatever, but addressing what's really underneath which is the concern that, um, uh, you know, what's holding them back. The, The sticking point is not feeling like what they're doing is good enough that you have a better chance of the person responding in the way that you'd like them to.
1: Okay. Um, In many instances, a frustrated spouse might even pick up the slack. Uh, So you know, whatever, it could be a chore, it could be whatever it might be. Should the spouse pick up the slack in those scenarios?
0: I guess it depends on how frustrated you are, (laughs) you know, I mean if you're really frustrated. then you know, yeah, pick it up. But I, I think that it's got to be with you taking on the responsibility of. Look, I understand my spouse has this issue, um, especially now understanding where it's coming from. So, you know, if I accept that this is the situation, and I'm gonna let me give an analogy, and then I'll come back to this. Okay. Um, let's say that your spouse is diabetic, and you know, that means they can't have certain sweets. So if you truly accept that, you're not going to bring home an ice cream cake or, you know, certain desserts or something. And you've got to accept that. All right. So if you accept that this is not something that your spouse is doing intentionally, but it really comes from a place where they get stuck because they doubt themselves. Um, But yet there are certain projects that need to be done and you're getting frustrated then pick up the slack but accept that you're doing that because you're frustrated and don't get annoyed about it. Okay. Okay? And if you feel like, well, you know, I, I'm i letting the person off the hook and this is their issue and they have to work on it, then don't pick up the slack. Um, but again, what I'm trying to do is take the tension and the frustration away because um, If you really feel, that's why I said it depends on how frustrated you are, Mm -hmm. this is a job or this is a project that needs to be completed, um, understanding that your mate is not purposely um, withholding, um, but that this is in some way something that uh, where they have an issue, then go ahead and do it and, and, and just work with it.
1: And then if you do it, you have to kind of own it then. You can't be yeah. frustrated with your spouse at that point.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Okay. Um, are there any good reasons to
0: procrastinate? Um, I think that sometimes if you're making a decision, um, it might be helpful, um, especially if you are partnered with a mate who tends to be impulsive. Mm-hmm. That's a nice blend then. Uh you know, you can then use your, um, slower decision making and procrastinating on making decisions to balance each other off, not run into, um, okay, I'm going to do this right away Mm -hmm. or yes, let's make this decision and spend this thousand dollars right away or whatever. So in that case, I think that probably it could be advantageous.
1: Okay. So it, it, it's one of these things where your indecision, your procrastination becomes a balancing piece yes. in a in a relationship where the other person's super impulsive.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: That makes sense. Um and then what tips do you have that we haven't discussed already uh to stop or at least chip away at someone's uh either yourself or your spouse's procrastination habits?
0: Well, First of all, you don't have the right to change somebody else. You can point it out, mm-hmm. um, and change can never take place unless you're aware of it. So I think that.
1: Would I, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. We we talk about this a lot. About you're not um, you're not going to change somebody else. You're not allowed to change somebody else. But if what somebody else is doing affects you, mm-hmm. um, do you have at that point a right to not necessarily demand change, but Ask or request that they make some changes because it's not them that it's affecting in a silo. It's it's you as well.
0: Sure, I think that you can say you know when you know um, I asked you to um, let's say the person is responsible. You've decided that the person is responsible for doing the taxes, Mm -hmm. and you know you say. you know, I've asked you to do the taxes in a timely fashion and, you know, you don't do it. And then what ends up happening is that we end up having to go on extension and that costs, costs us more money or whatever. Um, and and that becomes very difficult. And unfortunately, you know, your um, procrastinating over this now has an effect on me. And I'm really uncomfortable with that. And we have to look at some other options going forward for how we're going to handle this, um, you know, whether it be that we give it over to somebody else to do it or whether I do it or whatever, but we have to look at, you know, some other options. I don't want to blame you. I don't want to, you know, I'm not even saying that you have to be different, but we have to look at some other options on how we're going to handle this. Um, but the, per you know, again, the person, um, so so I think the, this, the answer to your question is that you may not be able to change the other person you don't have a right to change the other Mm -hmm. person but you can make a statement that this is now affecting me it's not okay and we have to come up with something that is a solution that will work that will not get us into whatever dilemma it's getting us into um and will make me comfortable but not force you to change
1: Mm -hmm. I one of the things that you were talking about which I know Uh, my wife and I have bumped into is it's always like these little tiny things that have this outsized influence Mm -hmm. on our interaction. So like one of us doesn't want to do a chore or something and like everything else is fine, but it's like this one little tiny thing uh, that has this – and we have found that outsourcing or shifting responsibilities – Mm-hmm. For things that one person doesn't want to do has had dramatic effects in our happiness, yeah, so it's like you know i we've talked about this stuff in the past, like one of us you know maybe she doesn't like to clean the kitchen or do the dishes or something, and it's you know rather than fighting about it every single night, I don't mind doing the dishes, so it's like,, right. why don't I just do that and you take over something that you don't mind uh and I realize this is slightly different than procrastination um but it could fall into that category of you putting something off sure um sure could um, but we have found that just being able to outsource certain things um has like i said it has just dramatically shifted um those sticking points in our relationships where these little tiny little mole uh molehills don't become these outsized obstacles for us any longer because right. Right. we've just like well you don't like to do it. I don't like to do it. Let's find somebody else to do it or it, you don't like to do it and I don't mind it. So I'll, I'll take on that responsibility and you know, we – and that's part of like good communication and opening yes. up about how we feel about these things and being in tuned as to why we don't want to do certain things. And you know, we don't even have to rationalize it half the time because there's no need to. Right, but it, right. Anywho.
0: But you see part of that – is respecting who the other person is and accepting it as opposed to blaming and ridiculing and things of that nature, which is just so negative. Mm -hmm. It's just a statement of fact. This is not something you like doing, or this is something that, you know, we've seen for the last couple of years. If we, if I go back to my tax example, Mm -hmm. you know, um, ends up becoming you know, an arduous task and makes me very uncomfortable. So, we need to come up with something that, you know, un- is understanding that this is obviously something that is, you know, difficult for you to get done, but it's frustrating me. So, let's figure something out that is going to work for both of us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and as far as overcoming it or stopping it, again, the person has got to be able to recognize that, yeah, this is an issue I have. And so I've got to be willing to, number one, acknowledge it and then be willing to look into why it's going on. However, however, don't expect that they're going to run into doing it. Yeah. Okay. Because if you're a procrastinator, getting around to um, addressing it is going to be done with procrastination as well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. Um, I'm going to make this about me again. (laughs) <laughs> uh, okay, so you have addressed uh, and I have acknowledged my fears about mm-hmm. why I procrastinate in writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just said that that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm not going to procrastinate about writing in the future. So how would I overcome that?
0: Well, what you'd want to do is look at, okay, why why do you have this fear? I mean, what would it mean if you put out a piece that wasn't perfect,
1: I see. Okay. So I get that. Um, but I also understand it's my DNA that uh, it doesn't matter. Like, I am the biggest critic of myself. Okay. Um, but where
0: does that crit- critical self come from?
1: I was born with it. And I'm pretty convinced of that one. Like, I, even when I was, I was five years old playing soccer on the playground. Uh, If I wasn't the best, I was angry at myself.
0: Okay, so I don't know if I'm going to agree with that, even though I don't (laughs) really know you, but let's even say that you're right, okay? okay? (laughs) I would still talk to you about, so what would it mean, would it be possible for you to understand that it's it's okay not to be the best
1: see and I, I um I guess my thing is like i I acknowledge that, I understand it. Um, I have been humbled in my endeavors in my life mm-hmm. and I've recognized that I am not the best at pretty much anything and I, and,
0: how, and how is that? I mean how does that go for you? Uh,
1: it helps me move on. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't squash or extinguish the flame of desire to be the best. Um okay. in certain instances I have recognized like my athletic career, like I recognize it doesn't matter what I do and how much effort and time I put into something,
0: mm-hmm. like
1: I'm not gonna be six foot five, right? Or I'm right. not gonna be able to do certain things that other people can do. Like Mm -hmm. I just physically will not be able to do it. End of story. Period. There's unless I'm taking steroids or something. Like it's just not a possibility, and so recognizing that um, has helped me move on. Um, But that okay.
0: So can we do a reframe here? Yeah. You say to yourself about the writing. Uh huh. So isn't this great that I have this wonderful motivator that. I want to be the best because that really pushes me to to really put out a quality product. But I also know that, you know, I'm not going to be the best and that's okay. Mm -hmm. So therefore, um, I don't have to procrastinate or not go ahead and do my writing because what I do is good enough. I know that because I've got that piece that motivates me to do this really great job, what I put out will be good enough. I'll try it. (laughs) (laughs) And get back to me with that. I will
1: try it. I have lots of stuff I have to write. Uh, And I, you know, I already have it in my head that when I do things uh-huh. I I understand that um I'm very comfortable when I turn things in. Uh-huh. because I know I put a lot of effort into it and okay. and, and, and in many cases I understand that I probably put in more effort than most in a lot of uh-huh. things. Uh-huh. And so I take comfort in that. But that doesn't help me stop from being who I am about yeah, but it could be better. Uh but i'm going to i'll try i will and and you know i am finding that just recognizing that nobody gives a crap like nobody cares nobody cares how i write nobody cares like what i'm saying nobody cares a lot of these things and that has given me uh, perspective on things mhm uh but for me it's still like this internal thing like i don't have a fear I guess my thing is like I don't fear outside criticism per se.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I fear internal criticism, and I don't know where that comes from.
0: Well, this is not a podcast where we're supposed <laughs> to do therapeutic work. home. Oh. I, I know. Okay. Okay. However, <laughs> if I were working with you personally, I would tell you that where we would explore is where that internal critic comes from and how we could help that part of you loosen up the reins a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what I did just now when I said do a reframe with you just for people to know is that's more of a cognitive uh, uh, tool uh-huh. which is to think about things differently. But if your answer to me is yeah, but the internal part of me is still going to feel yucky which isn't exactly what you said but that was what you said. Sure then we'd have to do a little bit more work. But at the end of the day, again, it has to do with how you feel about yourself.
1: Yeah. No, I feel great. Which
0: goes back to our first (laughs) first, – Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: Well, uh, like I said, this is – and as you mentioned, this isn't a a podcast about uh, my therapy session. Uh, So let me know where I should send the bill. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and I want to thank you so much for your time unless you had one other thing that you wanted to add for everybody else.
0: No. Okay.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Karen. I think I probably got more out of this episode than any of the previous ones. (laughs) Or perhaps more than the listeners. Perhaps more than the (laughs) listeners. This might be a first. Uh, I really appreciate your time. Um, And so thank you so much. And I want to remind everyone that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, uh, who is a relationship expert, popular speaker. Uh, She has been doing therapy for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life, the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. Karen does therapy over Skype, so (laughs) (laughs) as we just witnessed. Um and uh yeah, you can find her on all the social platforms. You can find us on all the big social platforms. Of course, you can hear back episodes and even see some articles that Karen has written because she's not afraid on hitchedmag.com. Uh and until next time, thank you so much Karen. This was really really fun.
0: Thank you Steve for being open and vulnerable to this because a lot of times um, that's how people learn the most when they hear um other people going through the experience so we you know we're making jokes and everything but i think that that's a gutsy thing to do so i really appreciate it that you did that
1: well thank you i'm going to try to write something today okay based on this episode (laughs) okay thank you so much karen
0: take care steve
1: (laughs) bye